Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Hey, I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 21. And it says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. But Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in his mind to divorce her quietly. Those two sentences carry so much weight because Joseph was faithful to the law. The law that says that if a man or a woman has relations and has sex with somebody who is not their husband or their wife, that they shall be stoned. Yet the Bible says that he had, he was faithful to the law, but yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind, he began to think about how he was going to divorce Mary, the mother of Jesus. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Hey, over the next few minutes, I want to talk to you from this idea. I want to preach to you from this idea. Uh, broken crayons broken crayons come on would you pray with me um, father we love you we thank you for this time lord god of worship we thank you for this time that we were in your presence and father as our sister nunzi says lord god it, it's in those moments of worship lord that you bring us back to life father that you do the incomparable you do the things that we don't see but the things that we need so father i thank you lord god for the preparation of hearts I pray, Father, that now, as we begin to talk about what happened in the life of Joseph, oh God, I pray that we would find our lives, Lord God, assimilated, Lord, and that we would begin to take the steps, Lord, to find ourselves in a, in a state of health, Father. That's what we want to be. We want to be healthy. We want to have peace, Lord God. Father, we love you, and we pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. Amen and amen. Come on, if you're excited to hear a word from the Lord, would you put your hands together for Jesus in his place? Oh, come on, greater church. We could do a little better than that. We could make some noise in this place. Amen. Broken, broken crayons. Broken crayons. Last Sunday, we were able to speak about this idea. And I kind of want to, if you can give me a chair, I want to sit down. I want to teach a little bit today, if that's possible. Hey, last Sunday, we talked about this idea of what is introduced to us during the Christmas season. Now, for some of us and for many of us, we're so excited. We've been listening to Mariah Carey. We got Justin Bieber got saved again. Like, we've been listening to Buble. I mean, every type of Bing Crosby, every type of Chris, whatever you're into. Um, if you're still listening to NSYNC or Boys to Men Christian album, um, that's good music. But wh wherever you are, you've been listening to Christmas, Christian music, Christmas music. You got your lights up. Um, for some of you that don't have your lights up, I'm going to preach fast so that you can kind of get back out there. And I'm going to ask nuns if she can help me or later if somebody can put a time back there because I will preach for four hours in a minute um <laughs> I'm gonna get you out of here so you can go put your Christmas lights for some of y'all y'all gonna wait till the day before Christmas Eve y'all out there with a ladder falling off and hurting yourself because you got to put the lights up 
And then it's not till about the end of January sometime because of fast. You know, you can't take the lights off because I'm fasting. And it's about February by the time you take down your Christmas tree and your lights. I'm not judging you. I might, may or may not be a part of that crowd sometimes. But for, but for a lot of people during this season, there is a heaviness that is attached to this. Um, there's a lot of individuals that don't have their parents. Some people who have lost somebody during this season. For parents, it was easy when we were kids. We were buying them little knickknacks and we spent $100 and we bought the entire house. Now our kids, when they're older, $100 just covers one gift for one kid because they're bigger. You can't just give them, I can't just give them little toys anymore. Now they're asking, Dad, I want clothes. I want a phone. But you're not getting a phone till you're 32 and you can pay for your own phone. But so much of what's happening in this season, kind of, it kind of drags us down sometimes and we feel it. We carry this thing. And we talked about depression last Sunday. And we talked about how there's nine different factors that create depression in the life of a person at a regular basis. This isn't Christian studies, but this is psychology. That they say that these nine different reasons why, a, why depression is introduced into a person's life, out of the nine of them, only two of them are genetic and mental. Meaning that your body develops some of them. There's some different things that happen in your body, changes that can create that. And they have medication, which we are not against medication. That it, psychologists are not bad people. Please understand that. But then as there's also mental changes that happen. And in our mind, you, you think, and for a minute, um, I explained the idea of how depression is not a stigma. Like just because I have glasses on, you don't think that I'm weaker or that I don't read my Bible enough or that I don't pray. It's just that my eyes are a little bit weaker in my body and what happens is that when there are issues that happen in our brain we apply a stigma to it the church has done a horrible job of telling people who are depressed who have had suicidal thoughts who have struggled with with anxiety you got a demon in you or you ain't reading your bible enough or you're not praying enough you're not doing enough for the kingdom you're not giving enough money you should be serving more you should be doing all of these things when in reality yo there's some issues that are going on but I, if i keep it to just genetics and mental disorders, then I will move away from the health that is available to you. Why do I say that? Because out of nine different reasons, we talked about how seven of them are lifestyle choices. Things that you actually do that if you change them, you can actually stop dealing with depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts. We talked about this idea and I spoke to you about how in our lives we have meaningless tasks that we accomplish on a regular basis. And that doesn't mean leave your job. Oh my God, that was the word from the Lord. Don't quit your job, bro. But start dreaming of what is that passion and that thing that you have inside of you. I'm, I'm going to speak about that in a little bit. We, we have these meaningless values. Like when we get to the house, we just live, bro. We're not thinking, yo, I'm going to create margin financially and even just mentally. We don't create margin. What does that mean? That you create space because all of a sudden most of us we're finding ourselves on this phone all day long bro on instagram on facebook we're watching netflix hulu i can go down i could probably give you 10 different streaming sites where you can watch and listen to something that is taking so much of your time it's meaningless talk it's meaningless tasks there's comparison that's happening theodore roosevelt said that comparison com, a comparison is the thief of joy that's ruminating talk we talked about this idea how you just in your mind you keep saying the same thing and you you keep talking yourself out of so many different things, the inability to be able to deal with past hurts. 
to heal from your wounds. These are things that cause depression, but things that can be fixed if you deal with them. We had isolation and loneliness. These are one of the things right now, especially during this pandemic, that has created so much of the depression, so much of the anxiety, the thoughts that we have is just that we're by ourselves. And last but not least, number nine, what we talked about here as a church is, is spiritual warfare. That there is a war after your soul. That there is a lion that the Bible says that he is prowling. That he's around looking. We think when we read that verse that it's like, ah, we think about this lion. But I talked about how we had this tiger and this lion. Then in National Geographics, you see him and he's creeping up on people, on the sheep and on the, on the, on the deer. And you see him quietly. And then he grabs them. And then I've seen other episodes where there's been one deer and it was so easy for that freaking lion to kill that one deer because the deer was isolated and by itself. But spiritual warfare is a real deal. Today, I want to talk to you about five habits that are actually going to create health in your life. So I talked to you about how is it that we have depression? How do we gain depression? But my hope and my desire today is that I will give you some escapes, but some practices. It's December 10th, right? It's December 10th? No. What is it? The 12th? December 12th. So December 12th, you still got 19 more days before you start doing your New Year's resolutions. For some of us, we already thought we have a game plan. We have a five-step plan of what we're going to do. Nunzi already knows she, this is what I'm going to do. My five-step plan has the, the resolutions. For, for a lot of us, we're probably haven't even thought about that. You're still thinking about Thanksgiving. And, and for a lot of us, Christmas is right down the street, and this is all we're thinking about right now. But my hope is that you would take these things that I'm going to talk about here in the next few minutes and that you would apply them to your life. Because if you apply them to your life, I promise you that they're going to bring health. I want you to write these things down. Um, when we look at the Bible, we look at the life of Joseph. And the life of Joseph, Joseph is, you know, he's about to marry Mary, right? He's about to marry Mary. And here it is that he finds himself in a space where she comes and she tells him, hey, Joseph, I love you. I can't wait to get married. Hey, by the way, I'm pregnant. <laughs> the Bible says that Joseph loved the law, that he also didn't want to hurt her publicly in front of people. So he thought to himself, could you imagine what that conversation was at night? And he thought to himself, yo, I'm going to divorce her. And we've been there. I'm going to quit on everything. I'm done with this marriage. I'm done with this job. I'm done with trying. I'm done with church. I'm done with doing the same thing over and over. And we have this ruminating talk. Remember what we talked about? How the cow eats the cod. He chews it up. He swallows it. He spits it back out. He chews it again in his mouth. He swallows it. He spits it back out. He chews it again. And how we do that. And we keep talking ourselves. And we want to quit on everything. This is where Joseph was. He was in a space where he was done. This was it. I don't want to do nothing else. And the Bible says that once he finished talking, that the Bible says that an angel came to him in his sleep. Number one, I want you to write this down. Five healthy habits. Number one, you need to get some rest, bro. Y'all need to sleep. Do you understand that sleep is a good thing? I tell my kids, Abigail fights with me, y'all. Y'all pray for me, man. Like, I don't know whether to hit her with oil or or the belt. I don't know what to do. I'm just <laughs> in Jesus name. I came from a knockout culture, not a timeout, but in Jesus name. Um, but <laughs> you got to throw in Jesus name and everything. So it makes it holy. You know what I mean? You can get away with it as long as you say in Jesus name. But, but, but I'm like, yo, Abby, go to sleep. And she fights with me. And me and my wife, we just sit there and we just laugh. Cause we're like, yo, when you get older, you're going to want to go to sleep, bro. Sleep is the best. How many of y'all just love sleep? How many of y'all love sleep? How many of you, you, you don't like sleep? Like you can, sleep is the cousin of death. Y'all, this message is for you. 
It's me- and I'm a hypocrite because this message is for me as well. I'm one of those people that can go to bed at two in the morning and get up at six in the morning and hit Nunzi like, what you doing? Let's go. Go grab coffee. But, <laughs> but that's not a good pace. That, that's not a sustainable pace. Everything that you can do doesn't mean that you can sustain. It will kill you. But physically, right? When it comes to health, I believe that one of the biggest, the biggest nutrients, and, and I know Josh can tell you this, Quincy can probably tell you this, so many, Devon, so many of the pe- different people who work out or who've taught people to work out, they tell you that one of the things that you have to make sure, Tommy and Kevin, I didn't leave you guys out. Oh my God. They're like, what about me? I didn't leave you guys out. Oh my God, the buff guys. <laughs> but what happens is this though. If you work out, you need to rest. If you don't rest, it's going to hurt you and you're not going to develop the way that you want to develop. The same thing happens with mental health. The reason why a lot of us struggle with a lot of these things is because, yo, we don't know how to turn this phone off and we don't know how to oh, turn the TV off. Like the last time you went to bed at nine o'clock, when was that? For some of us, it was like last night, Chino. For a lot of us, it was like, yo, it's been a long time. But rest is the greatest thing that God has given you. This is what I'm giving you as a recipe. These five things, I want you to do them. Rest, take a nap. Remember Elijah? We talked about it during Friendsgiving. If you guys were there, the Bible says that the angel, he fell asleep. The angel gave him food. Then he fell asleep again. Then the angel gave him more food. This is a prescription, my people. Get food and go to sleep. Like, do it. Like, you don't have to do another thing, bro. Eat and sleep. Like, learn that. Just learn. Don't do that Monday through Saturday, guys. Like, I'm not saying do that every day of your life. But take some rhythms where you actually do that. Turn your phone off. You don't have to answer anybody. Listen to me. That crisis is going to be there on Monday. It's going to be there on Monday. You're not God. Let, yo, you got to figure it out on Monday. But take some time, man. Relax, man. I think physical is extremely important. Psalms 90 verse 12 is going to come up on the screens. Look what the Bible says. Teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. Stop wasting your time doing these frivolous things. Because here's what's happening. If you don't prioritize your life, Somebody else is going to prioritize it for you. The media has an agenda. Facebook has an agenda. Your next door neighbor, your mom has an agenda. Mom, leave me alone. I love you, mom. I miss my mom. But like, mom, listen, I'm not, I'm not going to see you and, and answer every single phone call for my cousin that's asking me to pick him up because he forgot that he didn't bring his keys to work. But that's your problem. Figure it out, my guy. Like you just, you got to create boundaries, man. But if you don't prioritize your life, somebody else will. Number one, physical habits, five, have five habits to health. Number one, I think it's physical. Number two, I think it's spiritual. Not only was he sleeping and he took some time to rest, which was the antidote to what he was feeling at the time. This is what was going to help him. He needed to just take a nap. That's the word for God, for God, for you guys. Some of you just take a nap. You're mad. You're frustrated. Like sometimes my wife, I see her and she gets very mad and very frustrated. And I'm like, every one of the kids get in the car. Don't you talk, bro. Just get in the car. We're just going to take a drive. And mama just take a nap, take a nap. And I'll drive. I'll come back. And yo, she's knocked out snoring. And then we, I tell the kid, don't you say a word, bro. Shut up. And then, you know, we're quietly watching some type of corny Hallmark movie. And then all of a sudden, once we finish watching the movie, Lydia comes out and it's like it's like she has rainbows he's like good morning everybody 
And we're like, she just needed a nap. Ladies, how many of y'all? You just need a nap. It's not that you're mean. You just need a nap. I'm not, I don't hate you. I don't want to kill you. I know I have a knife in my hand, but I just need a nap. I just need a nap. <laughs> but when he napped, God began to start talking. So remember what Nuzzi said? When you get in his presence, God begins to speak, right? What happens is this. When you stop and stop moving so fast with a pace, God actually begins to speak to you. I'll show it to you in scripture. In Psalm chapter 46, verse 10, it says, be still. Amen. The way that you're going to know that God is God is when you're still. For some of us, we just need to chill, bro. Like, stop going so hard. Just relax. Your money's going to be there tomorrow, the day after. I promise you. But if you're still, you will know that I am God. God begins to speak to Joseph and begins to tell him, hey, this is the plan. This is what I want you to do. Watch this. I want you to see something. Psalm 73, verse 16 and 17. When I tried to understand all this, I mean the mystery of God. How, do, how am I a better husband? How do I become a better friend? How do I pastor people that I want to punch in the face? I'm sorry. I meant uh, how do I lead people who are difficult? How do, I, how, how do I love my wife? How do I love my husband? Yo, how do I do this thing called Christianity? Like, I don't like to pray all the time. I don't, I open the Bible up and I'm like, thou saith. And it just, how do I do all of these things? Look at what the Bible says. When I tried to understand all of this, it troubled me deeply. You ever felt troubled deeply? Like where you just can't shake it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just in you. Like you're just like, even when you breathe, it's like a, like something's pressing against your chest. And it's just like, and you can't just shake it. Like, it just, it's there. It troubled me deeply till I entered the sanctuary of God. I, I want to show you something because we're always looking for the dynamic, but God is always in the intimate. We, we want these big moments of God, but he's in the intimate moments. You know that when I have stress and I shared with this, I think it was on Friendsgiving. When I have moments that I'm just like, yo, I feel like I'm troubled deeply. It's in those moments. I'm gonna give you a little, a little, this is a, a tip for you. This is something that you can do. That's going to help you. I promise you, you know what I do when I get these moments, I go and I grab headphones. I put some headphones on and I put on a podcast that is for prayer. That all I have is just worship music where I'm singing to God. Not worship music that says the Lord is so good. He is worthy to be praised. I remember when I met him. I don't want to talk about God. And this moment I need worship that's going to speak directly to God. You are so good. I remember when I met you. I remember where you found me. And I begin to sing those songs. And it feels like that pressure just starts to kind of like lift off of you. And it's just like it was David who began to play the harp. And the spirit came out of Saul. The evil spirit that was tormenting him if I give you a tip it would be during those moments where you feel like it's going crazy in your life you'll take a pause even if you're at work and you feel like snatching your earrings off and snatching her weave off in that moment go to the bathroom put some headphones on and just sit on the toilet and just listen and just sing in your mind and in your heart and watch how that stuff starts lifting off of you because here it is it's spiritual y'all 
It is very, very spiritual. There are certain seasons, even in our church, I start watching it in the leadership where I start watching, they start getting a little bit too short or things get a little, people start getting angry. Their kids start getting sick. Things start happening. And in that moment, I start to fast and I begin to pray because I start to see the enemy starting to attack people. And I'm like, mm, I know how to fight this thing because obviously I've been in it for a little while, but I begin to see these things because the enemy doesn't do anything new. Number one, it's physical. Number two, I believe that it's spiritual. These are habits habits to health five habits to health there's physical habits spiritual habits but then I also believe that there's identity this isn't a habit because here's what happens the Bible says that the angel comes to him and he says Joseph son of David do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife Joseph the son of David look who he's talking to hey pull up Luke chapter 3 verse 23 now Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age being as it was supposed, as everybody in the flesh knew, and in during that time they knew, the son, Jesus was the son of Joseph, the son of Heli. Here's what happens. The angel calls him Joseph, son of David. His daddy wasn't David. His daddy was Heli. So why would he call him the angel? Why would he call him the son of David? Because here's what's happening. A lot of times our identity, especially during moments of anxiety, moments of, of, of depression, moments of anger, like you see somebody and you're like, Levi, like my son. Yo, Levi, he is a live wire. Like if you've ever hung out with Levi, if you've ever taken care of him, Tommy, Nadia, like you've ever been with him, that kid doesn't stop. He wakes up in the morning and it's like, you have one of those kids? You know what I'm talking about? The middle one is always the one. He just, he just nonstop. He's like, Levi, yo, he was playing a video game yesterday, sitting down like that. Exactly. He was sitting down and he knocks the entire room over. And I'm like, Levi, what are you doing? He was like, I was playing the video game. I'm like, but, but why would you knock everything over? How do you do that? He just, he doesn't know how to stop. There are these moments that I see Levi and that something will happen or we'll reprimand him or his brother or sister will do something. And he does one of these. He goes, <laughs> and he starts crying and he gets into, I, just, I don't want to talk. And I look at him. I'm like, yo, Levi, you know that that's not you, right? Like, have you ever noticed that when you get depressed, when anxiety is introduced, it changes who you are? Like, it, it makes you mad for no reason. You're not really mad. It, it creates these things inside of you. It even brings you deeper into a place and it changes your identity. You're not really that person. You're a child of God. You are blessed. You got a great husband. You got a great wife. You have, God has paid your bills. You have a job. There's breath in your body, bro. You're healthy. There are people right now that wish that they can get out of the hospital. And here it is that you're walking around. There's so many things to be grateful. But when all these things bombard your mind, it begins to change your identity. He turned to Joseph and he said, Joseph, I'm I'm not going to call you by your dad's name. I'm going to call you by your identity because you are part of the lineage that Jesus is going to come by. The reason why he said Joseph, son of David, is because the Bible speaks about how Jesus was going to come through the lineage of David, through the bloodline of David. Watch this. Isaiah, I'm going to give you a sneak peek. This is what I'm going to preach about in Christmas. Don't tell nobody. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Yo, how much would you pay for peace? How much money? How much would you give just to feel peace? 
And isn't it crazy that Christians, we can experience in a moment's time? It's funny because when I pray for people, I tend to notice one of the things that everybody says whenever you pray for them. Nine times out of ten, they say, I just feel this warm peace. The Prince of Peace. That's who Jesus is. And he says, of the increase, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. That's a word for you. There's no end to God's pieces available to you upon. Now here it is, Jesus upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from this, from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Jesus was going to come through the bloodline of David. The angel began to speak to the purpose that was inside of Joseph. I know the bloodline. I'm not going to talk to you as the guy who is depressed about to break up with his girlfriend and divorce her and put her away privately and start fresh and new with another woman and having to get back in the sea and do all of these things. I'm speaking to the one that there's a purpose in. And I believe that that's what God does even today, that he doesn't speak to your issues. I know you're depressed, but that's not your identity. That's just a signal because the stigma is that mental illness and that depression is a di disability when in reality, it's just a signal it begins to tell you yo there's something wrong let's make some changes because it can be healed and God can bring you back and restore you and bring you back to your right minds it's a signal it's not a stigma you're not your illness your identity is not defined by your illness but but if we don't notice it then we're going to continue to work down it but I promise you that if you begin to understand what it is that Jesus is doing in your life and then he begins to speak to the area of you where your identity is I know that it looks weird, Joseph, but through your bloodline, hope will be born. I promise you, I just need you to chill for a little bit because what Satan does is that he tries to distort your identity to be able to derail your destiny. Now, here's what happens. I want you to understand what that means. I didn't say destroy your destiny because he doesn't have the power to destroy it, but he will derail it. What does the word derail mean? Derail means to cause a train to leave its tracks. So you're going one way. God has a purpose for you. You were excited about it. You were ready. And all of a sudden, Satan, because of discouragement, discontentment, because of your identity, you begin to get off track. Well, I'm not really that good. I messed up that one time. Dang it, that didn't work the way that I thought. Oh man, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do that. Why am I so stupid? Why do I think I'm going to be able to accomplish anything? And it'll continue to derail you and Satan will just continue to turn you and continue to derail you where all of a sudden your destiny is heading into the wrong way and into the wrong place. But here's what I want you to understand, that there are some moments where the Bible, where Jesus himself will speak to you and he won't call you Joseph, son of Heli. He will call you Joseph, son of David and bring you right back on track so that you can continue to move towards the purpose the destiny the things that God has put in your heart because it's not too late because you haven't failed not because he doesn't love you anymore those things are still yes and amen and God still wants to develop and do those things through you but you need to understand your identity five habits to your health man understand who you are you I'm a child of the king I know I've messed up I know what my last name is I know what my daddy's name is but yo I know that I got much more inside of me what you think is a problem is really God using you to actually put you in position to be the solution. Your, your pain, your hurt, yo, all of these things are part of the solution. Watch this. Number four. So number one, yo, I believe five habits to health is physical. I believe it's spiritual. There's identity. But then I know for certain and for a fact that a habit that you need to have in your life for you to be able to walk out what God has given you and walk out and healthy and not be able to deal with anxiety, depression, and all of these things is you need to have purpose. You need to have purpose. I, I think 
this is <laughs> this is all we want. If we're real, if we're going to be honest with each other, this is all we want. The Bible says that the Lord came to Joseph and said, uh, the angel came to Joseph and said, Joseph, um, don't, don't worry about it. I, I, want you to, I want you to marry Mary. And when you marry her, she's going to have a son. And the son that she's going to have, his name is going to be Jesus because he's going to save people from their sins. You, you probably missed this, but for some of us, we understand what this means. How many of us, I mean, we just want it that easy. Like, God, tell me what you want. Like, yo, tell me, marry her, do this, and this is going to happen. Yo, if you just tell me what you want, I'll do it. Like, yo, I'll quit everything. I'll do whatever. Just talk to me. Like, we feel like that. Like, some of us, I know. I know you got it all figured out. You and God have such a great connection. You have your journal, and you write it in the mornings. I, great. But for a lot of us, like, yo, it's like, yo, God, if you give me the steps, I promise you, like, I'll do it. What do you want me to do? I'll go swing on him. You want me to swing on him, Jesus? You want me to anoint him with the Holy Ghost? Like, what do you want me to do? If we feel like we just, if God could just, just tell me, you know that nine times out of 10, God does tell you nine times out of 10. He's already told you a lot of us. We're looking for these different things. God, what do you want in this season? I already told you what I want. How many times I got to repeat myself? I, I told, I want you to take care of your family. I got the rest of it. Like you're saying, worrying about where you're going or what you're doing. And yo, I, I told you what I wanted already. Nine times out of 10, God has already told you the things that he wants for you. But it would make it so much easier, we feel like, if, if that would happen. Joseph, what you and your ancestors and your peers have been praying for, I'm going to bring it through you. And I'm going to produce a solution to the problem on the entire planet. The angel tells Joseph that. It's crazy how God... Yo, Joseph, I mean, as I talk to you about this, it can seem so cliche. But like... Yo, this guy's about to get married with a girl and she's pregnant. I don't think we understand the magnitude of that. Yo, if I'm going to marry, marry Lydia and Lydia comes and she's like, babe, I got to tell you something. You'll never believe this. Oh my God, I'm pregnant. As funny as it would, it would, it would destroy me. At the point where I was falling, I fell in love with Lydia head over heels. Like I was, yo, I was ready to spend my life with her. I was like thinking about all type of things and man, we're going to move together. We're going to do all this stuff. I'm going to finally have sex. All of that stuff. Like it's going to be great. Guilt-free sex. And it's going to be great. I'm like, I'm so excited. And, and if she would have told me that, yo, I, I think I would have cried myself to sleep. It would have broke me so bad. It would have messed me so much, man. But it's crazy because you never notice how God takes the mishaps even in Joseph's life and he turns them into miracles Joseph thought to himself dang this woman cheated on me and she's pregnant from another man but an angel came into it and said nah it's not that the it's not that the angel I mean it's not that she cheated on you it's that there's a there's a purpose behind this Joseph I'm gonna do something with this problem that you have and I'm gonna create a solution for the entire world Jesus is gonna come out of this thing like you don't understand that there's actual purpose to the pain and the things that you've experienced if you can have it painted on a brick wall and God can show you the reason you went through that is because I'm going to do this we would walk out of that season and be like stab me walk out on me I don't care yo God look at what he said look what he did but that's where faith comes in that's where you still got to believe that God is going to use you because though you have felt in your life that there are moments where you are broken 
But there are moments in your life that you feel like, yo, my purpose, everything that I did is just, it feels like it's just thwarted. It feels like it can't work no more. The crazy part about it is that God can still use you and God can still do things. I'll show you this. I'm going to close with this one. Proverbs 20, 29, 18. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. So when you don't know what God is doing, you're looking around trying to figure out what God is doing. But can I tell you that you can actually know what God is doing? And it comes through intimacy. It comes through a relationship with God. A healthy habit for you to do is for you to understand your purpose. Today, it's a great time for you to do that. Immediately after service, we're going to close here in just a few minutes. We're going to have growth track. And one of the things we're going to be talking about is your purpose. What were you created for? What is it that God wants to do in your life? Today would be a good day to take 30, 45 minutes out of your busy schedule. Stick around and learn what is it that God wants to do inside of you get a vision for your life once you understand what God is going to do you begin to do it without asking questions it's when you start to think to yourself what does God want me to do what's my calling yo you already got a calling you already have a purpose and God literally just wants you to be still so that he can reveal these things to you the number five healthy habit that I hope that we take into consideration and we don't lose fact of it number one there's physical habits, there's spiritual habits, there's identity, there's purpose. But then I think that this is one of the biggest ones that we undervalue so much. And I think it's relational. God has relationships that are available to you. The Bible says that the angel turns to David, I mean to John's Joseph and says, not only does he say, hey, marry your wife, marry, marry. I want you to stay with her. Let her be your partner. You need somebody in your life. But then he also said, Jesus is going to come and he's going to bring the forgiveness of sins to everybody. Why? Because God's big master plan has always been for everybody. He's always had this thought of bigness. That's why in the Bible, you don't use words like militant or, I mean, I'm sorry, corporal or sergeant or E7 or E9 or E6. He doesn't do any of those things. What he says is father, mother, brother, sister like he's always talking in these terms of family because relationships are so important relationships are the very habit that are going to save your life but but if i'm honest with you people are the habit that bring hurt and healing so it's hard to differentiate because nobody has hurt you more than people have but nobody has helped you more than people have relationships are key is it messy yes it's messy yes there are things you got to deal with yes there are pains that you got to go through but those same people are the ones that are going to bring doors and open doors for you those are the people that are going to provide those are the people that God uses to bring healing to your life you need people relational I think it's one of the huge I never saw anything in scripture where God didn't use somebody else it was Adam and Eve and Noah he's always using people Moses and Miriam and Aaron He's always using people, the prophets and the priests. They were all gathered together. David had his mighty men, the Hebrew boys and Daniel. Like it was always in a group of people, the 12 disciples. In the upper room, there was 120 different people. Paul went from place to place. If you read your soap today, then you saw what he did in Onesimus' life. In Onesimus' life, where he was talking to Philemon and he told him, yo, I know Onesimus got locked up. He's in jail with me. He was a bad guy, but now he's a good guy. And I'm returning him to you because he's going to be a blessing to you. But he's always had people around them because people are important to your life you need relationships that's the reason why I need Don in my life that's the reason why I need Jason in my life why I need Bentley and Patrice and Hanan these are the reasons why I have to have people like Amanda in my life because these are people that sharpen me and that help me become better in seasons of my life man where I felt like yo 
yo, I had a fog in my life. I couldn't think correctly. I went to Joss's gym and I spent time. He was kicking my butt. But man, there was something that happened to me where clarity started to come in. I started to feel better. I started to do better because I need people in my life. You need people in your life. It's a, it's a known fact. But what happens is that the pain and the hurt that people have caused begin to turn the miracle into a mess. Watch this. Do you know one of the greatest movies that you've ever seen? And I'm going to date you right quick because some of y'all young bucks are going to be like, I don't know what movie that is. One of the greatest movies that we have ever seen in my generation was the movie Jaws. How many of y'all remember the movie Jaws? Okay, about a quarter of the room. Praise God. Jaws with this movie of this terrifying... How many versions that they have like six of them and it was a bunch of them it was like part 18 of jaws but they had this move four of them but they had this move you could always count on ricky they had this movie that was all about this big fish and they created this big robotic fish and they put it in the water but when they put it in the water the actual salt of the beach the water the salt water it began to erode all of its functions i i think we have a picture do we have a picture of what this thing looked like that's what jaws looked like they would put it in the water and they try to film underwater and try to make it where it was like this big shark that was going to chase after you you know what happened it broke it broke it didn't work anymore it broke because the salt water got in all the mechanisms and they weren't they didn't factor that in and the jaw will not work anymore it, it didn't close its mouth it didn't do none of that stuff it broke so you know what they ended up doing they had to say we got to get creative with this thing like what what can we do right now because we got a bunch of broken pieces what can we do we, we need to start getting creative like all right let's get in the think tank let's think because we had this idea but the idea broke what do we do? All right, let's start, let's start figuring it out. And they started drawing diagrams and they started making things up and they started thinking about stuff. And can I tell you that one of the biggest failures in the movie industries turned out to be one of the greatest impulses and one of the greatest moments that have ever happened in filmmaking industry. Why? Because they said, we don't need the shark. All we have to do is just have great music, put the fear and show it in great actors. And we create moments where you see pieces of the shark. But whoa, do you know that in all four of those Jaws movies, there wasn't ever a robotic Jaws in it? All you heard was, I'm about to put the fear of God in y'all. Y'all ready? Because you know that you get in the pool, in the deep side sometimes, and you hear this in your heart. The younger people are like, what? A TikTok? No. You hear that, and then you come up for air, and then you go stand on the egg, and you're looking. I know there's a shark. I know there's a shark in here somewhere. Because what they took was broken pieces and created really cool stuff. You see my little heart? This is a heart, I promise. What, what happens is that I can still draw with broken crayons. I know your life has been broken. And I know that people are the creator and the proponent to the pain that you had. But yo, these broken crayons, they still work. I could use any one of these crayons and I could draw a nice little heart. I can draw pictures. If I was Nunzi, I'd draw, I'd draw like a nice little face and, you know, do all of this stuff like Nunzi be doing. Y'all follow her, Nunzi Art on Instagram. Your life, though it has been hurt, though people have been hurting you, though you have had these moments, your life still works. Joseph, 
you, she's pregnant. I know it looks bad. I know it sucks. But I'm going to turn this mess into a miracle. I just need you to be obedient. I just need you to stay with her. And take a nap. Like, sleep it off a little bit. You know, chill for a little bit. I, I get it. I understand it. it this, is, this stuff is spiritual. So I'm going to bring an angel to have a conversation with you. I, I promise you, he's going he's gonna to help you. Because he's not going to speak to you as who you thought you are. He's going to speak to your identity. And he's going to change it. And then I'm going to give you a purpose. I want you to marry her. I want you to stay with her. I actually want you to be with her. Because watch what I do with the life of the seed that's going to come out of your uh, out of your marriage. Watch what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to bring people around you. When I bring people around you, it's going to make it so much better because not only are they going to help you, but I promise you that they're going to heal you. Before you ever get into any of these places, you got to understand that the same thing was done by Jesus Christ for us because our life was a mess. I know my life was a mess and I, I needed to stop because I was doing things physically that I had no business that were going to create things in the spiritual where I was going to burn in hell for the rest of my life. And God had to stop me physically. And when he stopped me physically, he actually had to come and he had to save me. He had to introduce me to who God was. And at that moment, I was able to know God. But after I found out who I knew who God was, I needed to find freedom. There was things inside of me that I needed to work out because my identity, I thought I was my record. I thought I was my mistakes. I thought I was my prison sentence. I thought I was everything that I did wrong and I had this wrong identity of who I was. But it was absolutely insane when God changed my identity. He gave me freedom that all of a sudden I began to discover, Levi, go have a seat. I began to discover my purpose. I began to figure out what it was that I was doing because I was talking to the team yesterday. I was taking gang members and I was sitting down and I was saying we're going to pull up to South Beach you're going to park on 7th Street you're going to park on 9th Street and the people who we're looking for they're usually at a pizza spot on 8th Street on South Beach and we're going to come around and I had leadership skills inside of me but I thought it was for wrong things but when I discovered my purpose God began to show me that you're going to get people and they're going to show up at a door and they're going to greet people and they're going to walk them into a place you're going to have people that are going to be dealing with kids in the back and teaching them who God is you're going to develop an incredible team that's going to lead people into the presence of God I started to understand what my purpose was but honestly none of this would make any sense if I didn't have people in my life the people that hurt me the most the people that lied to me the most the people that discouraged me the most and I'm not saying y'all I mean people in general I could have easily said yo I don't want nobody in my life but I knew that I needed relationships and that's allowed for us to make a difference the vision of greater church will always be for us to know God for you to find your freedom, for you to discover your purpose, and for you to make a difference. We want to take you on that pathway. But before you ever can do any of those things, the first relationship that you need is the one of you and Jesus. Would you do me a favor and would you bow your head and close your eyes for just a second? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms at My 